Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Steve McDonald, CEO and founder of Content Strategies. We're a content marketing consultancy to B2B SaaS companies. And today we have a fantastic guest, Don Krug. Don has been in the B2B SaaS industry and a CMO in the B2B SaaS industry three times over. Her perspective on the importance of content and how it is used all the way from creating awareness, creating conversations, feeding the BDR, SDR process, and sales, working together, all of that we cover from soup to nuts. So with that, Don, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Thanks so much, Steve. Um, I am the CMO of Trulyu. We're a global um, identity platform verifying people and businesses throughout the world for companies to do more effective onboarding, verification, re-verification, and ultimately reduce their cost of a good verified user to their platforms. Um, this is my third CMO position in my career. Um, I always think of my career in kind of two parts. The first part was I started in consulting, general business, general management, and then made the shift to marketing with my first role in marketing being product marketing then moving into demand and then the other functions within marketing. So <clears throat> I found a, a new, I found a passion for marketing mid career. Um, uh, but I've always been in ent the enterprise software space. So I was in B2B SaaS before it was called B2B SaaS. Fantastic. And uh, that's really interesting that uh, you've actually been in the product marketing role, demand generation, yeah. uh, maybe share with us just a little bit about what you see as the differences in the synergy of product marketing and demand gen working together. Yeah, well, it's all a content continuum, honestly. I feel like product marketing, one of the, the core roles of a product marketer is to take all of the product management, product information and create what I call a set of core content and that set of core content is maybe not always for the, the market consumption. It's maybe more for internal enablement purposes. But then it's what my content teams and demand gen teams use to create their promotional material. And so that synergy is, is really, really important because it's essential to be consistent in the market, to be understood, for your position to be clear. Uh, and for your for your brand, you know, to be built. So it's very they need to work very closely together. So demand gen can't work at their full capacity unless you've got product marketing that's working at their full capacity. Yeah, no, no way, no way. Um, and when that balance is out of whack, so, something something is is falling short for sure. Now, Right before we hit the record button, we were having a conversation, and, and a big part of that conversation was about the importance of content marketing. From a CMO of a B2B SaaS company, number of times, what is your take on the importance of content to marketing? Yeah, I mean, it's the lifeblood of effective marketing, honestly. I, I look at our team in you know a number of different ways in terms of our resource allocation. And one of the ways I like to look at it is not by job title or 
um, anything like that. But how many of our resources, people program resources are focused on awareness? How many of them are focused on demand generation? And how many of them are focused on enablement? Those are kind of three of the, the biggest buckets, right? Product marketing is essential for all three of those, um, for sure. And content is the thing that they all sit on top of. So content's really the foundation, whether it's web copy or a white paper or a product sheet or um, a, a research report, it's, it's all content. And none of the other functions within marketing operate effectively without great content. So on a, if we could put maybe even a number on this, I love asking this question. You're, you're ready for this? On a scale of one to 10, the importance <laughs> of content, right? Yeah. For, for marketing the company. One, not important at all. 10, vital. Where would, you, where would you put it on that? I mean, you'll be happy to hear in your line of work that I would say it's a 10. <laughs> okay, okay. Good. Content is the conversation that we have with our prospects and customers in the market. That's the conversation vehicle. And it it is so important that we have a point of view or something to say about the things that are on the minds of our customers. And we work with upper mid-market, large enterprise customers throughout the world. We have between you know five to seven core buyer personas within a large enterprise account, for example. Each of those personas are thinking a number of different things around identity verification. And we need to be able to engage in conversation with them on any one of those things. And so when you think about it from that perspective, the requirement of good content becomes exponential, right? And, and if you can't start a conversation on a topic that's important to your prospect or customer, you're probably not going to be able to continue the conversation. Now, the conversation is really important. Continuing the conversation. Getting into a conversation <laughs> is the hard part, right? Yeah. Like that's the really hard part. And because there's, you know, there's a million buyers out there, but we have to convince them that it's important enough for them to talk to us. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the role of content and sparking that initial conversation to get the ball rolling. And how do you think about that? <clears throat> I mean, I think about it along the lines of how I do my job, right? CMO of a, of a global company, um, I have challenges, right? I have problems that need to be solved. And, and as experienced as I am and as, as experienced as my leadership team is, we don't always have every single answer. When we don't have answers, where do we go? We go to Google, we search on the internet. And what comes up is a plethora of content, right? And so it's really important to think about the challenges and the problems that our customers are having in the market and where they're going to search for answers. And yes, it might be Google search to start with, but it could be a networking event. It could be, you know, a, like a physical event. It could be, um, 
social feed that they're that they're checking mm -hmm. out, right? We need to have content that talks about the challenges that they're having and offers solutions. And, and so we think about that a lot. And how do we, and we know right now, because of the macroeconomic um, landscape, that our customers are looking at identity verification and onboarding users. And a year ago, even, or two years ago, for sure, all of their marketers, all of their product people were looking at just bringing new people onto the platform. And they were not, it was like acquire customers at all costs, right? And as we all know, things have turned upside down. So our customers are now, huh, I have to bring on the right customers. How do I do that in a really cost-effective way? Because it's taking a longer time to acquire customers, It's more, which means it's more expensive to acquire customers. So the ones that they bring on board, they have to know are going to be profitable. Like that's one of the biggest challenges that our customers are facing in the market. And so we talk about that and we think about how do we look to our experts at Trulyu, our customer success team, the people who are on the front lines every day, how do we harvest some of these you know, solutions and put that forth on our website in terms of, you know, decision guides and videos, all sorts of webinars, all sorts of different formats for our customers to consume and hopefully learn something and go back to the office a little bit smarter because of Trulio. Now, that's vital, right? Those resources, because <clears throat> unfortunately or fortunately these days, the vast majority of the decision-making process from our buyers is being made before they ever even talk to us. Mm -hmm. So this content, these resources that you're talking about there are actually a really important part of the sales process. Yeah. Because that's part of the decision-making that's happening before they ever pick up the phone or want to even engage. So I'm interested in your point of view on those resources going up there. Right. And then how do you take the resource and engagement with those resources and turn them into a conversation? Like what's the, the process, the way that you think about resources for them to consume? How do I turn that into qualified conversations inside of the company? Yeah. So you mean in terms of helping support sales, engage in actual live yeah, conversations? Right. Is it is it all about the MQL? Is it about, you know, teeing up the right qualified? How do you how do you think about qualifying a lead that gets into then the BDR and the sales process? Sure. Because that's the demand gen that marketing is 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 sending through the organization. How do you think about a qualified lead and turning it over to the sales process? Yeah. So a couple things. First and foremost, it's not a linear situation, right? I mean, B2B uh, is not B2C, right? B2C is a lot easier in a lot of ways in that, you know, it's a very straight line. B2C, I'm sorry, excuse me, B2B is very circular. Um, so I can, I'll answer it a couple of ways. The first way is like, to the core, we've got to have our numbers. We have lead goals every month. And what's a lead at Trulio means somebody has sort of knocked on our door and expressed interest and exchanged their information and asked for us to reply, right? So that's a lead. Um, 
a marketing qualified lead is someone who's knocked on the door, you know, said, hey, I want to learn more and is within the core industries that we focus on and is, you know, has the passes the firmographic sort of criteria that we know leads to a successful um, ongoing customer Trulio. At that point, an SDR will reach out and reply and see if the person who is now an MQL um, needs additional information from what they might have downloaded or requested. A lot of times people want demos, they'll, they'll understand a little bit more about the problems that are trying to be solved. And then we have a series, you know, doing more discovery and assessment and stuff to see if there really is a good fit. Um, from that point, then, you know, the, the whole team, the solutions consulting team, the sales team, even sometimes our customer success team gets involved in conversations and we do something called a proof of value. So, you know, identity verification is, is very data driven and there's a lot that goes into it. It's a really hard problem and it requires sophisticated technology solutions plus data. And so we'll have a group working with customers on benchmarking and proving value before they actually come on board with us. So I think about things from a very linear perspective, conversion rates, metrics, qualitative, um, I'm sorry, quantitative and qualitative assessments. But we also look at intent and, that's, and that intent is um, through some of the tools that we use. Um, we are a Sixth Sense user. Um, we have some other tools that, that will show what keywords people are researching when they come to our website. Our web analytics will show what pages they come to, how long they stay on pages. Um, we'll often look at um, behaviors on our website that, that we'll see someone you know, come in from a domain. So we'll know that it's, you know, a target account. And then the next day, two other people will come and the next day, 10 other people will come. And so we'll assume that someone copied and shared a link, right? We don't know who's, who that is. We're not at, we're not talking to them at that point, but we look for those super leading indicators. And that also tells us which content makes sense um, to continue to build on, like, cause it's like, well, okay, people are really coming back to this. This is important. What else can we talk about in this area of business verification or person verification or document identity verification? So we, we try to look at it from, you know, the, the quantitative as well as the behavioral perspective. Yeah, cause you said a number of really important things there, but we don't always know when we're lot. creating content. <laughs> we, we don't know which content is really going to hit the mark, right? Yeah. And what you're talking about is all of that intent data tells us, okay, here's an area to dive deeper. We might want to do a webinar on this. We might want to do you know, exactly. uh, a, a series on this, um, a blog post or an ebook or something like that. Um, let's do some interviews with industry experts on this. Let's, let's dive deep. This is of interest. I think that's really important because we can get so focused on just knowing that we need to keep cranking content that it's kind of like in the world of NQLs, you know, a lot of CMOs are like, I, I have a lead number, right? You know, I, I've got to get to, and so it's about hitting the number or it's about getting the, the content produced versus the quality of the content and who's consuming it and how important it is to them. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's really make, important. Make no mistake, um, Steve, we have numbers <laughs> that yep. the, the team yep. has to hit, but it's not, it doesn't benefit anyone to just drive to MQLs in this world, right? We're really all about supporting sales to, to bookings that convert to revenue. Well, and you said something uh, a few minutes ago um, that the, an MQL, right, inside was not only somebody that just like say filled out a form, right, but you said that they wanted a reply. Mm -hmm. Not every time that I fill out a form to download an ebook from Gartner or something like that, do I want a reply? Mm -hmm. What did you mean by that wants a reply? Yeah, um, in a number of our uh, journeys, you can request a demo or to talk to an expert, right? Our, our customers in some recent research we did, you know, they think of Trulio as a trusted expert for identity verification. And so what I mean by they want to reply is they've not only downloaded a piece of content or consumed something that was ungated, but they've said, hey, I want to see more. So I want to book a demo or I want to talk to a trusted expert. Okay. And that's your definition of an MQL. Uh, if they are within the industries that we are focused right. on and they meet the firmographic criteria that we know is part of what makes a good long-term customer, a happy long-term customer. So they've expressed interest. They've shared their, their contact information. They've requested to, to have a conversation. They fit into the right firmographics that you were talking about before. That is what uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers talks about in terms of a conversation qualified lead. Mm -hmm. Interesting, yes. So the, the important part about that to me was that they want to carry on the conversation. Right, because too often our our definitions of an MQL is somebody that downloaded an ebook and I've got their name and their email address, right? Yeah, now that puts them onto the onto the email marketing list, but we have no idea where they are in the purchase process. And wanting to have that conversation is an indicator of where they are in the buying journey, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, if we think about our our total addressable market, only about you know, five to 10%, depending on who you talk to, are going to be in market in any at any given point in time. And so that doesn't mean that you only want to deliver value or build a connection with those people who are in market. You want to build it with everybody, but you, you want to apply your um, in-person, you know, resources to those who actually have a problem that they're trying to solve now. Otherwise, you're just kind of an interruption. Right, right. Now, you brought up another good area there, and that is that if 95% of the market, right, isn't in market right now, but they may be, and they may be soon, they're important to the company. How do you... Uh, how do you track that other 95% or like, what is, what's your strategy to keep in front of and grooming and nurturing so that when the time is right, they know who truly is and they're right. You've kind of pre-qualified them that way. Yeah. I mean, I think the most, there's, there's a number of ways, but I think the most important thing, it, it does come back to content. It comes back to having valuable content, not superficial marketing content, right? It comes to having 
content on your website, whether it's gated, ungated, or, or a webinar or videos or, or something that will help them do their job, whether they're in market for a new solution or not, for sure when they are in the market, they are going to remember the, the person or the company, uh, the trusted expert. They're going to remember truly you. They're going to remember that we were a source of expertise. And so they're going to come to us. And so that's kind of what we're we're looking to build um while you know with with the entire addressable market now what you just identified is one of the biggest challenges in the whole b2b industry right really truly valuable content because there's all kinds of stats out there that the majority of b2b buyers think somewhere of around 70% of the even the thought leadership like the more valuable content wasn't even worth their time reading Mm. And then marketing, about 60% of, of, of marketing uh, inside of a B2B company, they don't think that the content that marketing is creating has any value. So when you talk about the key to that other 95% getting in front of them with really valuable content, that is a major challenge. How do you address that challenge? <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it is a major challenge, right? Because when you're helping problem, when you're helping people solve complex problems, you're offering up sophisticated solutions, right? You're, you're vulnerable. You're, you're, you think about it. Like when I was growing up, my, my grandma made these, these chocolate donuts, which were just like known in, you know, the, the town in Wisconsin that, that she was from. And all of the the women in her network told her she shouldn't share the recipe because it was secret. It was like her, her, you know, secret recipe. Like what if you gave it away? Everybody could make the donuts. Right. Right. And her position was, and I think I operate a lot with this today is like her position was, I'm going to give away the recipe. My chocolate donuts will still be the best in the, in the, you know, village in the network. Right. So um, the, the, that perspective of of being open and sharing what we know only nobody is going to do it as well as truly does no one is going to help customers bring down their cost of good verified users in the way that we do because we have a unique platform plus capabilities plus data right so if we can help customers by sharing details that are meaningful i think that's i think that's goodness that's really important. That's really important because we tend to kind of feel like our uniqueness, our capabilities are, are our own. But the more that we share, the more transparency there is, the more trust that is built. And in the B2B buying process, more than half of the sales process is based on emotion. Mm -hmm. And that's emotion like trust and confidence and that, you know, I trust you as a, as an advisor in the industry. Right. And so do you, do you create content that is industry relevant, but may not be um, verification oriented? Um, and what I'm trying to get at here is um, their, your, your buyers are looking at their industry and, and verification is, is one part of what they're trying to do. Right. Yeah. How much of your content gets outside of what maybe would even be just hardcore content specific to the verification industry? 
Do you yeah. expand beyond that in order to build that relationship? Yeah, um, I'm not sure that we actually will go too far afield from identity verification. You know, what we do is we look forward and in sort of, you know, more visionary type thought leadership within the space. So our chief product officer, Michael Ramsbacker, has done a ton of um, media and press and, you know, interviews about the future of identity, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so some of our content might be around reusable identity networks. Um, I know when crypto was big, like identity on the blockchain, um, national ID is a really, really um, big topic right now and how that um, fits into the landscapes across the globe, our customers' landscapes. So there are, I would say that our thought leadership is much more about kind of the future of identity than it is about things that are beyond identity. And that's just uh, sort of our, our ethos on thought leadership content. It makes makes perfect sense. So I'm going to end with two questions. Okay. One is, what are you most proud of? You've come in, you've obviously, you've got a very specific point of view. You're running the marketing show. What are you most proud of that you've been able to accomplish or that you're you're working on? Well, first and foremost, I'd say that through a, a really exciting and very dynamic career that I've managed to stay married for 30 years um, wow. and have three really amazing kids, <laughs> you know, that, that of course, but when I think about professionally, like there's different chapters and different accomplishments that, that stand out and maybe it's recency bias or I'm not sure, but I, I think the rebranding of Truly You that we launched in January was probably, um, it might end up being, you know, one of my greatest professional accomplishments. And certainly wasn't me, it was a, a village of hundreds of people. But for a CMO to rebrand a company, if you talk about, to CMOs and they talk about rebranding, it's often maybe a visual identity or a name change or, or a name change in visual identity. We actually launched a new platform with a new brand look and feel. Um, the whole visual identity of the company changed. We changed our position in the marketplace as a result of it. Um, we went from being known as X to a trusted expert and the world's identity platform. And it feels like it's always been this way. And so to me, that's been, that's been, one of, if not the biggest professional accomplishments of my career, to be able to do that all at once and successfully without rejection from internal or the market, it's been amazing. Well, I have to tell you, I had a very, very positive first impression. The, the moment I went onto the website and the, the top above the fold, and it's the world's identity platform, it positioned it well. You you were the one to beat, right? <laughs> so nobody I, I, will, I, I but they can try. <laughs> is is there anything and 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 you know we could geek out on this and talk all all day, but is there anything that as we're kind of wrapping up the the podcast here that you'd want to share with other CMOs, other VPs, SVPs, marketing, um, just advice as they're looking to make the same kind of accomplishments that you have. 
Yeah. I mean, look, I, maybe it's my roots in product marketing and then, you know, into sort of demand gen, but I, I think content is the core to successful marketing. And I think the more we see, the more we can communicate with sales and talk to them about the content that we have produced and help them understand it and use it as um, conversation pieces with their customers, the the better we're going to get that feedback loop even more into the feedback system of what's working, what's not, what's resonating, what's not, and the better our content will be. I think sometimes marketers are like counting the number of white papers they did or blogs they wrote or web pages they updated. And that's not, nobody really cares about that. How many customers engage? How long are they reading our blogs for? How many people keep coming back from the same company, right? Like those are things that are really interesting to sales. So not only should they know that, but they should be able to um, cite some of the, the content that we're producing as well. And I know our sales team loves the content and uses it in and throughout their their conversations with customers. And so I would say lead a little bit more with content. That makes perfect sense because, I mean, it's unbelievable. 30% of salespeople's time is in content development. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of crazy because yeah. no salesperson was ever hired because of their content creation, right? But it's that need for it, that constant need and to, to stir on and, you know, the conversation at all different points. Even if it's, it's been too long since I've had the conversation, I need to re-up this conversation, right? The content plays a role in sales enablement at every step. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, what else is really important is consistency. It's important that we're producing content that's consistent with the conversation sales is having customer success is having with customers. Right. And, and so that loop is, is really, really important. So uh, we don't want to be as marketers producing content that sales is like, well, that doesn't help me. Right. We, we want them to be like, ah, I want more of that. So it can, it can help me. And yeah, you know, I've, I read this stat and I'm, trying to still find the source, but, you know, 22 touches um, is how often a company is going to read something, a snippet, a page, a paper about your solution before they actually engage in a long, a real live conversation. And, you know, we've seen 57 touches, right, throughout a sales cycle, 100 touches throughout a sales cycle. But that's why the content's so important. And it's so important that it's consistent throughout marketing to sales and back to marketing again. And which means there have to be the constant conversations between marketing and sales and customer success on what their conversations are, the pain points, the problems that they're constantly addressing. Yep. 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 Well, Don, thank you so much. Uh, it's so valuable, uh, the perspectives that you're bringing out here. And I just really appreciate the time that you spent with us today. Yeah, thank you. It's been super fun. I really appreciate the time as well.